Good evening and welcome to Steel City Strings podcast for this online virtual concert. My name's Jeremy Bolton and I'm joined here with composer John Spence, uh, who is in residence at the Wollongong Conservatorium of Music. G'day, John. Hi, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about your piece specifically. Now, uh, your piece is called Dark Fire. It's a string quartet uh, for the players of uh, the Steel City Strings. Uh, so you obviously had players in mind for this. And uh, it's called Dark Fire in honour of those who saved lives and lost their own. And obviously in reference to our recent bushfire tragedy in New South Wales, uh, you have three movements in this work. Um, fire clouds, out of control and scorched earth. And uh, they all have different moods and, and different themes. And uh, your dedication is to the memory of those that perished in the Australian bushfires of the summer. We've just experienced a horrendous summer. Now, John, you're a, you're a keen writer for strings. I know this. And uh, so just tell us briefly, I mean, why, why do strings appeal to you as a composer? And in particular, chamber strings. I know that's a, a favourite of yours. Yeah, uh, uh, part of that is association uh, with the people you know and the people around you. and uh, So that sort of drives a lot of your activity. Uh, but uh, it's there's something to conquer, really. You, you, you keep learning. <laughs> the, the, more, the more you write for strings, the, the more you learn about them and the more you think you don't know anything about writing for them. So, uh, yeah, they're a wonderful beast. And it's not to say that, um, uh, you know, the same can be said for all instruments, really. You know, the, the more you explore them, uh, the, the more you learn about them and the more you realise there's just uh, so much depth to them. So it is good to focus, but of course it's, it's, it's good not to get too bogged down. Yes, absolutely. And I, I know you like to play with extended techniques quite a lot. I was, I was just about to say, and I, I know you're responsible for disrupting many a string player in their, in their conservative bowing and all this sort of thing. You like to play around with the instruments, I know. Yeah, yeah yes and no. I think, um, uh, you know, there is a time to push. Uh, 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 a lot of the times, uh, I don't think that uh, a lot of my ideas are particularly... Uh, uh, edgy. Uh, I'm not going to ask a violin player to slap their violin against a wall, but uh, things just uh, grow larger, and you want to use wider intervals and wider leaps, and and uh, a lot of your voicings are not standard. And then you just realise when people are just trying to put your music into their fingers that that <laughs> it's a bit more. <laughs> angular than you might have accounted for in the first place so you really have to keep a good grip on reality uh, because it's what you want to get out of a musician I mean there there is a time to stress a musician out gently uh, in order to evoke their 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 passion and their intensity they, they need to be doing intense actions and um that's no problem at all <laughs> we, can, we can do that but um other times don't overly complicate it and you've got to pull back 
a lot of the, a lot of the difficulty with my music is uh, ensemble rhythm uh, uh, can be nasty, and I do like to play some um, complex games uh, rhythmically, and I, I have tried to sort of pull back a little bit on this because um, sometimes there, there's a place for for just uh, for just singing and and playing a theme and and just seeing the other side of music and and sort of keeping your perspective and this was the right work to sort of do that and pull back a bit and just concentrate on other types of musicality yes i I mean absolutely and i can see what you've done in your third movement um particularly we get into a for the music buffs i mean we from what i look at at first i see a sort of quasi sort of passacaglia it's in three it's it's uh, sort of lugubrious um and it's uh it's very much stretched out and in the voicing of the instrument and sort of it's it's very more much much of a lyrical thing whereas in your second movement it's definitely more rigid jagged all those sort of things so i definitely think there's um just from looking at the score it's a very um varied work um how do you get the balance between writing um for do you look holistically at a work and go, oh, this section needs to be jagged and I need to use big leaps here? Is it, uh, does it come out of your flow of ideas or are you using the pitching and the voicings as an effect? Uh, it look, depends on the work a bit, but uh, for, to take this as an example, um, so I, I uh, try to get a, a sort of a canvas full of harmonies and chords and uh, as a way of controlling levels of tension and ease of tension uh, to sort of lay out a perspective, I'll, I'll you know I'll get a sound in my head and I sort of think, what do I want to express? And and so you know I'll hopefully I'm not standing at a bus stop when I'm doing this, but I'm probably going to go in, in my head. <laughs> and yeah, uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm hearing something, and then and then that's sort of a bit vague, and you sort of got to start to sort of flesh out, flesh some of those ideas in your mind out. And uh, uh, so you sort of start from a very vague dot over there in the corner and try to get closer and closer and closer to it and you're sort of continually fleshing it out. So let's start, uh, let's talk movement movement by movement and see what our audience will ex- can expect to hear in this uh, online performance. You start off with um, an opening viola solo, which is not every composer's choice. Um, so definitely something unique there, doloroso, you've got marked. Um, and you've got marked in particular, piangendo, which is, well, clarify for the audience what, what you what you mean by all this terminology. What do you want? Uh, to I, I, it, it needs to start off uh, very sad and crying. <laughs> it needs to be a very sad weeping, um, weeping theme. Uh, which uh, the violin is so so good at, the <laughs> viola in this case. Um, uh, just that sort of emotion, sometimes those little sort of portamento flecks and slides that can just capture so much emotion. Uh, so, so the opening is uh, the, the real tune 
is is announced by the second violin, which is the second thing that happens. <laughs> so the viola sort of commences, uh, and it's that mellow sound. Uh, is, who doesn't want to hear that? Uh, start with the viola, and it's just in a sort of a lower lower mid range, um, playing sadly. Uh, is is just going to capture the right emotion, and. Uh, so then the, the violin then, of course, plays it around the right way. <laughs> the, the viola is playing backwards, actually. It's playing the theme backwards, and that sort of makes it sound a bit darker. And then the violin sort of flips it around the right way. We hear the proper version. And, uh, and so then, however, the, the viola is sort of underneath it. So, so as the... If I can reach over and uh, play, play a line. Uh, so the, the viola sort of uh, finishes its line. Uh, Viola sort of sits on that note, so it's got a bit of a drone uh, uh, without any vibrato, so it's, it's going to sound quite icy. And then, uh, of course, the violin, uh, the violin two starts with the real melody. it was going to be more positive is it, it can't all be that bad and and you know uh, we, we, sometimes we, we need convincing in the face of tragedy and the way we deal with tragedy uh, you know there's this constant looking for hope and so what happens in this opening movement is that each canonic entry is upper tone <laughs> mm. so so it's getting brighter and brighter and so through this canon it's sort of getting happy and then positive and then uh, then, bang, we're in it. <laughs> this second movement, uh, this is this is chaotic, and you've called it the, your second movement out of control. I mean, is the first movement? Um, are we are we saying that a, a fire has started and that we're moving into a crazy time, or are we moving? From, yeah, it's that awareness, you know, uh, the the confronting of the situation, and you know, this great hope and great reserve not to despair in people people have great strength and you know rise to the occasion and that's what we've that's what we saw we saw um you know what struck me particularly is is people volunteering volunteers rushing out to the to the ground zero leaving their own homes walking away from their own homes children and family knowing they're probably losing their own home uh, the sense of community commitment, uh, I, I think, is a challenge to all of us. I think we've really got to think about the, the commitment these people have made and, and we've, we've witnessed it. And, uh, you know, they've really put themselves on the line. And unfortunately, some have lost their lives. And um, so the, the great, <laughs> in the face of, a, you know, a, a, we, we saw a fire so great that, that we had fire clouds, literally. We, we are talking 70-metre flames. Now, the Opera House is 65 metres tall, uh, so I'm told. Uh, just, just imagine fire flames that, that high. So, so great tragedy and people just so brave, just absolute heroes just going out there and um, being able to really 
put themselves in the line and their own families. And um, so, uh, so that's what that's all about. But then the second movement just uh, is this sort of chaotic trying to deal with everything. So, uh, you know, just complex chords uh, that, that are very unresolved. So, you know, you know harmonies... Um, just, just very edgy and and the way I've put them together is uh, not the way some of these harmonies might be normally used. And you decide to close this movement with some very strong chords um, uh, all together in this yeah. in this big declamation right at the end. Yeah, and it's just a, it's a complete reinforcing of uh, we're all together in this, but we're we're, we're sort of fighting and and. You know, there, there was a lot of tension, even in the public discourse, sort of at a national level. We sort of had some, a lot of questions to ask ourselves. We'll, we'll learn lessons, uh, great lessons out of all of that. But that's, that's, that's what I sort of see, the sort of scramble of opinion and, and, and thought and how do we deal with this? And uh, that's what that's all about. Yes. And, and I mean, you, you close this uh, second movement strongly and then we have Absolute silence, of course, for the next movement. And we move back into a, a similar mood uh, as the beginning of the piece, I would say. Usually, particularly in early music, is fast, slow, fast in the structure. Um, but now we've got, we're doing a three-movement work, um, but it's the other way around. I mean, we, we have two sections opening and closing the piece that are quite sombre. Um, and in the middle, we have this chaos. Now, the third movement is called Scorched Earth. But I, I see there's unison between um, the two parts, the two violins, then the viola. And then we have a little cello melody quite up high. So there's some real beautiful characteristics happening here. Why do you choose uh, to have unison between the parts? Is that a, a, a theme of unity? Or are you trying to create a bit of uh, destabilization here between the the sounds of the different instruments what's the goal here it, it's that sort of numb numbness really still nothingness and um they'll be doing it without vibrato as well at least i have three of them doing it violins don't like two violins doing the same thing uh, but it is an edgy sound and, and so scorched earth is a is a is a war term you know that's just going all out uh, uh and and this this was a war so this is really saying this 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 was a war i uh i sort of appealed to my roots uh to to, to look for to, to try to capture and express the sense of loss i i sort of look back to my um irish folk song roots <laughs> uh uh, the, the Irish do a great tune. <laughs> so, they sure do. So I thought, uh, look, the, the, the best I can do uh, without trying to um, create some corny, nice tune. I, I, don't, I don't write normal chords very well, Jeremy. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> they, they, they wander away very quickly. So, um, uh, but, but this can ground me, you know, this can sort of hold me down if I sort of appeal to a, to a sort of a, an Irish folk tune sound so so that's so that's what i've uh, done and so the cello uh sort of comes out with this um, uh
which is in C major, but then that C becomes uh, C C minor. <laughs> mm. So uh, so that'll be a lovely moment to hear the cello um, just playing a simple little tune and, and to sort of express that solidarity with mm. people's loss and yes and because we have all of the strings um come back to that c after that solo and then we recontextualize into into c minor and then you start to subdivide a little bit more in the themes there's a an entry of the of the viola pianissimo is, is that uh trying to destabilize the c there's the C, which is the centre tone that we're going to have throughout this movement. So it's it's this growth thing that we experienced in the in the first movement, but it's 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 the expansion of of, of, of that idea. You know, it, it's you know from and then, you know, and then you know trying to hold back, but but getting out of control, and, and so so slowly developing, and so. Uh, that sort of grows into it, it keeps coming back because once the folk tune has finished then uh, then we're you know and then it's growing yeah okay so it's just <laughs> it's it's not letting go of that uh, that that little theme that's been there throughout the whole piece and then what it actually does is it returns it, it's the rest of the work the, the rest of that movement is is basically variations on that original tune that that the uh, the violin two played in, in the opening so it really takes that uh, whole tune and the, the motifs within that tune and actually deals with it now tell us about the end we have been centered around the note of C and the note below C is a B obviously but we we close the piece with a an, a, a b after a big cello solo uh, why do you choose to close on a b after we've been in a c the whole the whole movement because it's completely unresolved i've, I've left it hanging it, it's just completely left hanging the chords that violin one two and the viola play they're just playing in harmonics at the end there once once the piece comes to an end uh then the cello reminds us of that little folk tune that we heard. So it's just quoting that folk tune again. Um, we're just hearing a little tail end of, of that reflection that's just left alone, which is what happens. Because when people suffer loss, you know, they, they, they try to go back to their normal lives. And it's not until years later, in a lot of cases, that... that uh, the loneliness can settle in, you know, and it's, uh, so I've left it hanging. Mm. But, but I, little... I, I do imagine that uh, a lot of people affected by bushfire do feel this way. I, I mean, I did hear a story about a woman who in her small township was the only one who kept her house. And um, even she was affected because she felt extremely guilty yeah. that that was the case she thinks she would have felt better if she had lost her house. And that's a very sad thing. I think your, your work's really captured it, John. I think that's um, a really great uh, analysis of um, your entire work. And I wish you the best of luck uh, for your premiere online. Thank you very much, Jeremy. And I'm just so grateful for the opportunity of uh, uh, the players from Steel City Strings taking the initiative to do this. It's fantastic.
Excellent. Thank you, John. Thank you.